Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, welcome back to the SLC Bunk. SLC Dunk. SLC Bunk. <laughs> welcome back to the SLC Dunk podcast. We haven't done this for a while, but we're back. Uh, if you have listened to us in the past, you'll remember me. My name is James Hansen. Uh, with me, we have Calvin Chapel. We're going to be doing these podcasts more often. Sometimes Calvin will host it and maybe talk to other writers. Maybe there will be times where I host it and and talk to other writers but uh welcome calvin We're yeah, thanks I, i'm excited to be here I've, I've listened to the slc dunk podcast for a while so it's uh it's fun to be on it yeah so you can read calvin on slc dunk he's one of our main writers now um and we'll try to get other writers on here here and there but uh today we've got to finally talk uh about the rudy gobert trade <laughs> a few news items happened for the jazz this offseason uh they had no draft picks they had no cap space and they've had one of the busiest and craziest summers we've seen in a long time uh so calvin uh i want to hear your how was your reaction to the news of rudy gobert being traded (laughs) well you know uh talking with the other writers at slc dunk a few of you guys including you were talking about how you expected the jazz to blow it up all the moves that were happening and the jazz not being involved, like, Oh, they're blowing it up. And I kept saying, no, they're not. <laughs> they're not going to do that. They, cause you know, I believed them. I was the sucker who believed all of the reporting that said that they're still trying to be competitive. And so, you know, I'd see all the rumored packages for Gobert, and I'm just thinking this is making the team worse. They're not going to do that. And then oh. they went and did, the entire thing they went all the way in on on uh you know we're trading gobert and not for players that are going to make us better but just for a whole package of picks and that's not to say anything about the players i think actually everyone in, in the trade has some value for depending on what team you are what you're going for but they're not gobert you know and so they're uh that was that was crazy to me and Wow, what a crazy return that we got for Gobert. <laughs> well, I want to go back to something you mentioned. The So one of the things, because I've been doing this for a while, uh, back with Amar and then with Michael and now me, uh, That's kind of, those are the people I've been writing with for a long time at SLC Dunk. And one of the things I've learned in all this time covering the Jazz is that what the Jazz tell you and what the Jazz are actually doing are like, all, I mean, almost always two different things. I mean, sometimes they're right. Sometimes yeah. the Jazz say we want to go all in with Mike Conley and we love Mike Conley and we're going to go for it. And they were right. They did. For three years, they they got Mike Conley. They went for it. And I actually feel like those three years with Mike Conley, that was the right move because Mike Conley was available. The Jazz had two young all-stars in Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. 
they wanted to pair him with a third star. And that's what created this last um, somewhat small chapter of jazz basketball. Uh, but then, yeah, with last season, well, the season before we, ha- we saw the jazz lose in the playoffs um, to the Clippers pretty spectacularly giving yeah. up a three, one lead. And those last, <laughs> those last three games or four games, whatever it was, they got, uh, you know, lost, gave up a three, one lead in the playoffs. They, it was just almost not competitive ending those games. There was just no way for the jazz. They had no answers to what they were doing with the spread floor. And we all know, and we could talk about it for ages that it really wasn't Rudy Gobert's fault that there wasn't guys around that could guard the perimeter and that could do the switchable offense or defense and things like that. What put up big red flags for me last season is the fact that they did nothing. They did nothing. Their big move was bringing on Rudy Gay. And so basically last season was one giant groundhog day of a season. And I just, I remember even just before it even started, I was like, Rudy Gay? And I remember on like Twitter just being, and the fact, and the, the thing that was even worse is that they go into the season and Rudy Gay had a foot, broken foot. Yeah. He comes into the season with foot surgery. Wasn't even so, playing. So we were actually in, you could argue, a worse team because they, they trade George Niang. And I know a lot of people have mixed feelings about George Niang, but we just, don't have George Niang anymore, and Rudy Gay isn't playing. We sign um, Eric Pascal, who I like, but Eric Pascal isn't going to move the needle. Right. And basically, we had a groundhog day of a season. It ended in just absolute disaster with a first-round loss. The Jazz were actually completely healthy and couldn't find a way to get multiple wins over a Mavericks team without without Luka Doncic for three games just get absolutely torched by anyways so going into this offseason and them bringing in Danny Ainge I was and I remember looking at pictures of Danny Ainge in the stands and just (laughs) the absolute disgust on his face and I just I like I knew what he was thinking I knew what I was feeling Uh, and I know a lot of jazz fans were still kind of like well you know, maybe we can kind of improve around the edges. I just didn't know. I just didn't see it. I, you know, and the thing that was kind of the elephant in the room that no one has really mentioned too much is that the Jazz were way over the cap. There was just not a lot to do this offseason. So they had to make some sort of trade. Uh, and Danny Ainge went with the big one. So you mentioned it before. The The haul the Jazz got back is actually unreal. I was uh, I did a video today. I was talking about it. The Jazz, if you think about it, came got six first round picks in total. If you kind of accumulate everything they got on top of the players they got, Malik Beasley, uh, uh, Patrick Beverly, Patrick Beverly, Jared Jared Vanderbilt, looks like a nice a nice prospect that they could develop. Uh, But here's what they get: they get they get three fully unprotected first round picks. In 2029, they have a top five protected pick. So if in 2029, everything goes bad for the Minnesota Timberwolves and they just full-on tank, they will have to just do a complete full-on disaster tank to not get that pick. Top five protected is pretty good. Yeah. In 2026, they get a pick swap. And honestly, you could argue that that's another first-round pick and an unprotected one at that because it's a pick swap. So however bad they are, the Jazz get the better of the two picks. Mm-hmm. It's pretty remarkable. And then they get Walker Kessler, 
who was their first round draft pick this season. So that's six first round yeah. picks. Yeah. It's it's an absolute insane load. Yeah. And I mean, people are going crazy about it online with, you know, especially with Kevin Durant being, you know, shopped around. Everyone's wondering what he's going to go for. But it's it's interesting because this is about not quite there, but about the biggest return you see for a player. Like some guys have gone for bigger things than that, but not by a whole lot. You know, the Anthony Davis trade was just ridiculous in that all of the players were, or most of the players were young prospects. But outside of that, and maybe a couple others, the Paul George one, this is one of the biggest hauls for a single player in NBA history. And so that's a, it was really crazy. Like I, I love Rudy Gobert and I see him as a top 10 at at the very least, like top 12 player in the league. And so I, th- I value him really highly, but I did not expect that there would be teams out there that valued him high enough to put that sort of, that sort of package together for him. Well, it's just, I think what's so crazy about it is it actually broke the NBA market. So on free agency opening day, De- Kevin Durant, uh, want, asked for a trade from Brooklyn and that kind of just sent, Twitter into a tailspin. Then this Rudy Gobert trade happens and it's bonkers. Uh, well, I can't remember. Did the did the Gobert trade happen before Durant? I can't remember. Uh, I believe Gobert got traded first, but there was already a ton of talk about Durant maybe leaving, but then the actual trade request came later. Oh, okay. So either way, what happens is that the hall was so big for Gobert, the six first round picks all those players that are, you know, Malik Beasley is a solid NBA yeah. player. Uh, Patrick Beverly is a starting caliber guard. You know, you could argue if he's a starting mm-hmm. guard on a championship team, but he is a NBA rotation player. Uh, Bolmaro is an interesting player, an interesting Vanderbilt is a and like Vanderbilt all defense candidate. Yeah. And rotation NBA player. I, you know, you could argue how good he is, but he is definitely someone you can put on the floor in an NBA game. And then you, on top of that, you get the six NBA, the six picks. (laughs) What happens is Kevin Durant is asking for this trade. (laughs) He can't get traded for less than Rudy Gobert in his mind. And if Brooklyn wants to trade him, they're not going to trade him for less than what Rudy Gobert got. (laughs) So it shut down everything. I actually think the Rudy Gobert trade is keeping Kevin Durant in Brooklyn, whether he likes it or not. Because they were saying, well, he wants to go to go to Phoenix. Well, they can't. Phoenix doesn't have the assets that Minnesota did. Right. And even like a lot of teams probably wouldn't even give up that much for Durant at this point, because a lot of teams feel like he might just try to leave them too. He just left Brooklyn or he's trying to leave Brooklyn. And yeah, he's got four years on his contract, but he's also, you know, approaching the age where you wonder how long he can keep it up. And so it, you kind of wonder who's the team that's actually going to put together that package who one can put together that kind of package and two wants to, you know, I think, I think Toronto could, they could put a Scotty Barnes package out there, but are they really going to give up Scotty Barnes? Who's just barely starting his career and they have him for, you know, who knows how long, like five to eight years maybe or longer. 
are they really going to give that up for Kevin Durant for as long as he allows himself to be there, you know? Yeah. I mean, you mentioned Toronto. The only other, the only other team I can kind of think of being able to is new Orleans because they have all those picks from Milwaukee. Maybe Brooklyn would be interested in maybe Zion Williamson. So that's an interesting one, but maybe they don't want to either. Maybe Uh, he makes the OKC return. They've got all the picks in the entire universe. (laughs) That's the thing is they've got all those picks, but they don't have like all-star players to put next to him. Yeah. Just, just Shea. It'd be Shea and Giddy and, and Durant. And yeah, I mean, they've got like, yeah, it wouldn't, I don't know if that's a championship team. That's why, that's why Toronto and New Orleans seem like the only two teams that make sense. And that's what it, that's what makes me happy. And I don't know if Rudy Gobert, uh, has it thought about this at all? I'm sure he doesn't care. And I, you know, I doubt Rudy Gobert is listening to a Utah Jazz Blog podcast anymore. But there is something so sweet and satisfying because if you think about it, two years in a row, they have the all star draft with LeBron James and Kevin Durant. Oh, my god, both goodness. years they're <laughs> mocking two years ago, mock the Jazz. Uh, yeah. they pick they pick Donovan Mitchell, and who gets picked last? Rudy Gobert. Uh, and it's like this joke about like, we, I didn't play with Utah jazz when I was younger. Then last year they do the same thing. Although Kevin Durant makes the joke, he picks Kevin or James Harden last. And so if the James Harden thing didn't happen last year, Rudy Gobert would have been picked last by Kevin Durant both years. Yeah. It was almost even more insulting saying, well, I'm going to take Gobert over him. So I know exactly. It's all this. He's one of the most disrespected players in the league. I don't know why. Absolutely. Right. It drives me crazy, but anyways, there is something satisfying and poetic about the fact that Rudy Gobert got more than Kevin Durant will likely be traded for, and it keeps him in Brooklyn against his wishes. He cannot go to Phoenix. They do not have the assets now, and I actually don't think they could. The only person I could see Phoenix, if like they were like just wanting to win the title, sending like, um, uh, what's his name, Devin Booker. But I don't think Devin Booker could even be traded now with his new contract. Um, and so I just don't know how that's going to happen. They And the Aiton thing seems like it's just not going to happen. And um, anyways, I just think it was poetic and beautiful and amazing that Kevin Durant can't leave now because of the Rudy Gobert trade. It's Rudy Gobert got the last laugh. <laughs> anyways, uh, that brings us to the next point, basically, is what's next for the Jazz? Because they've just traded their cornerstone uh on the defensive end and you could argue just their best overall player uh they still have donovan mitchell who is an all-star guard uh multi-year all-star now the question is what do they do next and it kind of goes back to what we mentioned before the jazz have told us through their pr and their, their news conferences and even through some of the reporters they talk to uh we all know who they are that they're going to build around Donovan Mitchell. Well, is this a situation where it's what the jazz tell us and what they want to do are two different things. I, uh, I guess I'll just go first. I think they are just right now in a fire cell. And I think they are just saying, give us the best deals. I think Danny Ainge is out there and has probably told every GM out there. This is the cost for this player. This is kind of what we're looking for for this player. Uh, and I think they're just, it's just a matter of time. Uh, what do you think? What do you think they're doing? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's basically two options, right? The, the option one is you keep Mitchell 
and then you use the assets that you've acquired and the veterans, Conley, Bogdanovich, whoever, um, you package those guys and you try to get players that are on Donovan's timeline and you try to maybe you wait and you're patient and you wait for the next star to say he doesn't want to be in his city on his team and you put together three picks and uh, Mike Conley to match and try to get that guy. So that's option one is you you try to build around Donovan, which is probably a more of a waiting game than anything. And then there's option two, which is what you're talking about, which is just trade Donovan, get the biggest return you can, as many picks, as many young prospects as you possibly can, and then go into a full OKC Houston rebuild. And I think both of them actually make a lot of sense. I, I think you kind of, if I'm the GM, I probably wait and see what what's out there. I'm I'm testing the market with Mitchell. I'm seeing what people are willing to offer me, but I'm telling them I'm not going to sell them for anything less than what we got for Gobert. And if you can give me that kind of a package, then maybe we can talk. But if not, I'm going to hold on to him and I'm going to wait and see if Zion Williamson wants to leave or if someone else wants to leave, and then I'm going to put together a package for him and pair him with Donovan Mitchell. And because people have brought up with Danny Ainge the the whole Paul Pierce situation. Pierce was a young star that was not going anywhere or their team wasn't going anywhere, I should say. And he was thinking about wanting to leave. And then Ainge went and orchestrated these crazy trades to get Kevin Durant and Ray Allen in there. And all of a sudden they win a title. I don't know if Donovan Mitchell is Paul Pierce or if this team could do that, but the opportunity could arise. So maybe you save your cap space because now all of a sudden they have it. They could have a max slot next summer and you save your picks or you make your picks that just get the best player available, try to showcase these prospects. And then maybe you've got some really good packages that you can send for star players. Yeah. I think, I think that's pretty much exactly what they're doing. I mean, one thing that I think everyone needs to remember about Danny Ainge is he never makes uh he doesn't, he just doesn't devalue assets ever. So like, there were like these these weird Twitter accounts like saying like reporting. By the way, be careful with who you're like listening to that says I'm hearing from sources and my account is like, you know, Utah sports Twitter account. I don't know. Like saying things like, oh, the Jazz are gonna wave Malik Beasley. Why would they wave Malik There's Beasley? There's no purpose to do it. Why? That. That's that that's just like I if Danny Ainge if someone told Danny Ainge to do that, he'd spit on the ground. He'd say, what are you talking about? You just throw away assets? Why? No, he's not going to do that. He's going to get, like, every single one of these players has value and has some sort of either to play, you know, just find a way to play them or trade them for what their value is. And I think, like what you said, what I personally think they're going to do, and I think they've already done some things that kind of tell us, like, like, what they are in the process of doing they traded away Royce O'Neal who is one of Donovan Mitchell's closest friends on the team they do not re-sign uh Eric Pascal they uh they traded away oh, let's see they didn't uh give qualifying offers to uh was to Forrest those are yeah. all the guys that were close to Mitchell yep they those guys are gone and, and they didn't get the coach that he's close to either 
exactly and quinn snyder is gone they basically have like let you know i they're not saying like we don't want you on the team or anything like that to mitchell but they're also basically saying put you know and they've said it through different reporters this is what we're doing what's best for the jazz at this point we're not just signing eric pascal because he's donovan mitchell's friend we're not doing all these things to make donovan mitchell happy we're just doing what makes the jazz a better team and if that means trading those away for picks that's what we're going to do i think what's also interesting is that none of these moves have made the jazz better no. every single move has made them worse uh trading royce o'neill for a pick they didn't get anything back they got just a pick they trade away rudy gobert their most impactful player on the team gone <laughs> all signs are pointing that they are not really worried about being much better by the way they did not sign like anyone in free agency outside right. of the players they got in the trade and i know they didn't have space for it so maybe it wasn't really a possibility but they have not done anything of tpe mle whatever they haven't brought on anyone so the team is just exponentially worse probably 10 to 15 games worse at least you know malik beasley and like we said patrick beverly they're good players but they are not going to replicate what rudy gobert does who's the center for the jazz <laughs> walker kessler walker kessler he might be our best player bruno caboclo might be our best center on the team right now Doku, I, the uh the experienced one udoka, udoka azabuki we have a three-way like battle right now between Doak, kessler and and caboclo <laughs> i don't like the jazz just aren't really a very good basketball team right now i just don't see you know donovan mitchell could have like a really nice year and the jazz could still lose you know they could still be like the 12th team in the west like who who are they actually better than in the western conference and i don't have not much. a lot <laughs> they're not like the jazz just right now aren't a playoff team to me and the biggest rumor out there for a while was like the jazz are interested in in deandre ayton and i actually think and i don't know if it almost feels like this effect has come like everyone who follows the jazz myself there was a part of me that was like well if they traded rudy i guess that's the thing that's really changed my mind is when we were thinking about rudy gobert trades two months ago and we heard like the atlanta hawks rumors and maybe you get john collins or rumors yeah, the Toronto rumor with OJ Ananobi. Uh, you know, those were kind of interesting. And I thought, well, I think the Jazz could be a pretty decent team right? if they got some nice wings back. And then you go out and you find, you know, you trade for Clint Capella. And you have, like, he's not as good as Rudy Gobert, but he's also, but he's a starting level center. And maybe, you know, maybe you're an interesting team. You're not, a, you're probably a little worse, but I... I actually felt like if the Jazz got some nice defensive wings, they'd probably be a little better than people would think. But they didn't get anything back for Rudy. They're just not, they're just like exponentially worse. And so I just, I think my prediction is that they are just, it's just a matter of time. Uh, like you said, I actually think it's not a given that they trade Mitchell right away. Right. I think they go into the season and I think it's fine to like, honestly kind of recoup some of his trade value mitchell was so bad uh to end the year last year defensively and offensively he was just i mean i'm one of the biggest donovan mitchell defenders out there uh people on twitter probably get annoyed with me i'm sure i get annoying in the slc chat i'm obnoxious with it but there was just no defending him 
in the playoffs. It, the effort on defense was just, I mean, it was like he was trying to prove a point. Yeah. And then offensively, the it just wasn't there. Like yeah. the, it just, the efficiency was in the toilet. It was terrible. And so I, he's got to recoup some of his value, in my opinion, a little bit. Uh, Donovan has had some insanely high highs in the playoffs and some crazy low lows in the playoffs with his Denver series, his Memphis series, his Clippers series were just like MVP level player, like transcendent. And then his two Houston series and this Dallas one were just so bad, just shooting the team out of games. And so, yeah, after one of those bad series, the whole feeling of Donovan Mitchell, it leaves a sour taste in your mouth. You're like, is he going to, can he defend well enough to be your number one guy? Can he shoot efficiently enough to be your number one guy? And I think he can. I mean, he's still young. He's only 25. And he, like I said, he's shown some crazy, crazy performances in the playoffs that are just heroic. And, you know, that's not, realistic to expect those all the time but it just shows his ceiling is so high he can really be one of the best players in the league and so i think it makes sense what you're saying the jazz don't have any need to trade him right now if that package is there if there's some if they want to trade him and a package is there then they can do it but they don't need to there's no there's no rush because if you're bad this season you have your own pick for the 2023 draft, which is supposed to be an insanely good draft. The worse you are, the better that pick is. And so they don't need to go ahead and be good right now. They don't need to go out into the free agent market and sign someone, some really good starting center. They can just wait it out. Let Donovan put up some crazy stats, see what happens with this year. See if, you know, if he's good enough that he makes this team a playoff team, then that's awesome. That maybe that makes us say we need to keep him and build around him. If he's not, and the team is just so bad, and we're not a playoff team, then we have a lottery pick. It's a win-win. You just kind of wait and see what happens, and you go with that. And when someone comes knocking, and I'm sure teams are already knocking, I'm sure everyone's knocking about Donovan Mitchell. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. 
For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Then you'd see what they're willing to offer. And if if there's something that's really going to drop your jaw, like the Minnesota package for Gobert, then you can just take it. There's no reason to wait. Oh, 100%. I was going to just say the same thing. I mean, they uh, they go into next season. I actually, the thing, the person I would assume they trade relatively soon is probably Bojan Bogdanovich. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a trade for him at some point. Uh, he's kind of the guy that no one's talked about. Uh, but he, they still have Bojan Bogdanovich. They still have Mike Conley. They still have Donovan Mitchell. So they're like a team that will win games le- next year. And it's kind of an issue a little bit because like you said, they can build around Donovan Mitchell. They can go into next season. They can win some games. Mike Conley's still an efficient offensive player. Uh, defensively, I think he's pretty much a negative at this point, but he is a good offensive player that will score and he can play off of Donovan Mitchell. The Jazz aren't going to be good defensively next year at all. So maybe, maybe it really is not like you said, maybe it's just like you go in, you play Donovan Mitchell. Hopefully, Donovan Mitchell can take it to a next level because the player we saw in the playoffs last year and for m- big stretches last year, I mean, his percentages went down. Uh, and it, when the Jazz say they're going to build around him, I mean, I mean, whew, if it's the player we saw last year, that's 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 a player that's not winning you a lot of games. If it's the player we saw two years ago in the playoffs, putting up incredible numbers on a bad ankle, I mean, that's an incredible player. Uh, I th- I think they will just be looking for for trades, but they are probably good enough to be. You know, they go into that draft as like the seventh or eighth spot, and I doubt they want to be there. I I really think they just got to at some point they've got to decide. And and I think Mike. I I mean, I guess if I was doing a prediction, I would say Mike Conley and Boyan Bogdanovich get moved before Mitchell does, and then they just let Mitchell go out there and just hopefully recoup his value. And like you said, it's either. He becomes great, and it's like, yes, we can build around this guy, and let's see if we can get a trade. Let's see if we can talk Kevin Durant into coming here, and we'll give all those assets, and let's go win a championship. Or you go the other way, and you say, and New York says, okay, we'll give you six first-round picks. Here they are, four fully unprotected, and and you trade Donovan Mitchell to New York or something. And uh, that's kind of where I see it going. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's just a team out there, kind of like the Timberwolves kind of came out of nowhere a little bit with Rudy. I mean, we saw a few rumors um, from Jake Fisher talking about them. So, uh, by the way, everyone should follow Jake Fisher and honestly put him on notifications because he was kind of the rock star that came out of nowhere <laughs> this offseason. He did. Yeah, he was. I mean, you know, I've been following him for a little bit because he's been one of those reporters for. And like last year, he did a few things, and I was like, "Oh, this guy's pretty decent." And uh, this year, he just was like, "I mean, he was awesome." But anyways, we'll see. Follow Jake Fisher. That guy might, at some point, you may see Jake Fisher putting out a little like, "Hey, just so you know, uh, it seems like the Timberwolves are interested in Rudy Gobert." And if we start seeing things like that, I, it means talks are happening. You know, uh, so we'll see what happens. But, um. Let's see. The Jazz did get uh, Walker Kessler. They have been. Oh, well, you know what? Let's not talk about that. I mean, we can talk about that. I guess we want. But the Jazz also hire Will Hardy. That's the other big news we haven't talked about. So Quinn Snyder is gone. Uh, Quinn Snyder told the Jazz that he didn't feel like he felt like 
what did they say that uh they felt like they kind of had ended they went as far as they could basically yep the story and they kind of confirmed that today with their with their uh press conference that yeah like that window closed rudy said that when he went to minnesota that the window kind of closed uh i'm pretty excited about will hardy what do you think about will hardy yeah i mean everything that we've heard about him is just awesome i mean and that's what happens when they hire a new coach they're gonna they're a new coach they're gonna talk him up but everything i've heard about him is just so good that he the guy at a young age like had a connection that got him a job or an internship with the spurs and he just impressed people his whole way quickly rising in the ranks impressing greg popovich becoming an assistant coach and just everywhere he goes people love him and they think he's a great basketball mind and as soon as Ime Odoka got his job in in Boston he immediately hired Will Hardy as his assistant because they had worked together and he trusted him and now we see Hardy I mean the reporting that we've heard now is that Hardy wasn't the the lead candidate he wasn't the guy that was expected to get the job but he blew them away in interviews and you know, that's that's what I like to hear. I was a little worried about the coaching search, a little worried that maybe they'd go with, you know, someone that would keep Donovan Mitchell happy or, you know, someone that's proven, but, you know, they have that experience, but maybe they're not the right fit. But the fact that they went with it with Hardy just because of the way he blew them away shows me that they were really going for just who's going to be the best coach for our team. And people had speculated getting this young first-time head coach probably means they're going into a rebuild, and I wasn't convinced that yet again. Here we are. So uh, that, yeah, they, just like with Quinn Snyder, they hired a first-time head coach ready to bring this team back into a new era, and looks like Hardy's our guy for this one. I tell you what, one of the things that got me pretty excited, um, you know, I don't obviously know much about Will Hardy. We when you're writing for SLC Dunk and you find out pretty quickly who they're hiring, you have to do like really quick Wikipedia searches to just like <laughs> learn the history of a guy. Uh, one of the things that I got, and I think everyone knows the story with old Hardy. He uh, worked his way up at, in the Spurs organization pretty quickly became started a video coordinator, becomes an assistant with Popovich. I think that's interesting because he was on the staff with Popovich, which is different than what Quinn Snyder was doing. Uh, um, Quinn Snyder was coaching the the D League team at the time, um, the Austin Toros. And what's different is that Will Hardy was on the bench with Popovich and for like five years, uh, one of his assistants. So he's in the huddles. He's in with the team. It's just different. Uh, like when when I covered a few games and I got to know Martin Schiller with the Stars. Like every time I was at a practice or a game, or you know tryouts and all those different things. Like Quinn Snyder wasn't there. Uh, right. Martin Schiller wasn't working with Quinn Snyder. I mean, I'm sure they crossed paths and talked and and had conversations about what they wanted players to do. But it's different doing that than being in the huddle. So I would argue that Will Hardy is more connected to Pop than Quinn ever was. And then uh, and Quinn was only with the Toros for like two years before he goes on. But anyways, two or three years. Anyways, Will Hardy gets hired and goes to Boston is the first is the lead assistant for Emu Doka. What I loved about that is how the Boston Celtics from the beginning of last year to the end were like a completely different team in terms of just like toughness. 
But the thing that got me excited the most about Will Hardy was listening the other day to Bill Simmons and how pissed off he was. Because <laughs> so if you'll remember, if any of you who are listening or watching this uh, saw that, uh, you know, Danny Ainge was over in Boston and had like a Boston Celtics logo on, which Danny does not care. I, I hope people are learning a little bit about Danny Ainge. Danny Ainge does not care about things that fans care about. He does not care. He does not care what logo is on the blazer that some, you know, assistant probably handed him or, you know, <laughs> he doesn't care. He put it on. He's not thinking about it. What was cool about that was that he was sitting there. And the reason Bill Simmons was mad because Bill, because Danny Ainge was right there watching Will Hardy work with Ime Odoka and saw and what made Bill Simmons mad was that he was talking about how Will Hardy was in charge of the X's and O's and how Ime Udoka lead really heavily on on Will Hardy during those playoff series, which is pretty exciting when you consider how the Boston Celtics, I mean, they beat the Milwaukee Bucks. They beat the the Miami Heat. And those are teams coached by, you know, the Miami Heat are a well-coached team, Eric Spolster. Yep. The Milwaukee Bucks, and they were down um, Chris Middleton. But beating uh, Giannis in a playoff series is not an easy thing. And they out-schemed them. They found a way to take advantage of their weaknesses. I actually think this hire is going to be pretty awesome. And I we might be looking at like a rebuild here. Uh, they get, they signed him for five years, which to me is just another giant, like it's a rebuild <laughs> because <laughs> it kind of matches up perfectly with a second extension. You know, if the jazz go and they're bad for like, you know, one to three years until they get like that core core guy that they really want to build around, whether that's Donovan Mitchell or whether it's in my hopes and dreams, Victor Wimbenyama this year, <laughs> or, you know, maybe they're bad. They get a nice player this year and then they're bad again next year. And they get like a core guy that year, who knows, but then eventually they will start kind of building up again. And it matches up when you would give Will Hardy another contract. So it makes, it makes like the timelines just, it's one of those tea leaves that just kind of is like, Danny Ainge is like telling us what he's going to do by what he's doing, but not by his words. <laughs> like, it's I, it's you just nothing. Every single thing the jazz have done has signaled a rebuild. Every single move. Like I, I, I can't like look at any move they've done and think, Oh, this makes us better. Oh, that makes them more competitive. Oh, that, you know, uh, and not to say that will Hardy. I think will Hardy could coach this team really well if they had, a competitive team i just don't think do but anyways long story short i think will hardy is going to be really great and i actually love the idea of letting him kind of acclimate um we found out today that it looks like alex jensen and lamar skeeter are probably going to stay on that staff but yeah. i think everyone else is gone it'll be interesting to see what other in assistant coaches they bring on and and how that process works i'm sure they're working on that right now along with other trade things um just kind of building out that staff training camp is going to be pretty fun but it is going to be it is going to be a unique uh jazz season i guess you know we don't have a lot of time left gosh i got some fly flying around. uh what are i how, how do i put this so slc dunk last year honestly for us writers was not very fun it was awful <laughs> it was no fun and even right now, and I, you know, I've done this for so many years, I can find things to write about and talk about. I think some of our newer and younger writers have kind of had a hard time. Like, what do you write about? Last year was literally a carbon copy of the year before. 
it was just the same thing and it but just worse you know and this year i actually think is going to be a lot more fun because it'll just be a little more interesting they're not going to win as many games but it's going to be interesting watching patrick beverly play with donovan mitchell if that's what it ends up being is interesting i don't know if they're good uh having donovan mitchell be the full-time point guard is going to be interesting i don't know if he'll be great at it we'll find out but it's at least going to be interesting you know last year was not interesting i don't know if you felt like that i just hated it i hated every minute of it <laughs> there was like there were like very, there i could count on my hand the number of times i had fun watching the jazz last year you know and i i just i this will be more interesting at the very least it was it was clear from the beginning of last well even before that for the last few seasons it's been clear that there's been issues with the team issues with you know the chemistry with the players with coaches it like things were not right and we've heard more and more rumors about that and it's just seemed to be even worse than we thought but man it was just yeah the everything we had to look forward to last year was just skip the regular season. Can we perform in the playoffs? And we didn't. And so now, and you know, for the last few years, it's kind of been like our whole, everything that's fun for the jazz fans has been, you know, some fun regular season games. And then let's get to the playoffs and see what we can do there. And, you know, trade deadlines have not been very fun. There's not a whole lot of movement there drafts have not been very fun not a lot of picks and the ones that we got have not been very good um (laughs) and it's been a rough two years it's yeah now all of a sudden everything is totally shifted for what we're looking forward to as a jazz fan now maybe your your expectations have just gone they plummeted like your expectations for how well the team is going to perform in the standings should just be like completely in the garbage. You shouldn't have expectations at this point because we don't even know what this roster is going to look like. But what you can expect to be fun is the draft next year. We have three first-round picks. Oh, my gosh. I was thinking about that today. We have three first-round picks. (laughs) We get to look at prospects and, like, I tell you what. So here, Jazz fans, if you're bummed about, you know, and obviously we all love Rudy, and I, I think what I would love for this summer is just SLC Dunk to be, like, the Rudy Appreciation Month or something. Uh, just write about, and if you're listening to this, and if you're an SLC dunk, obviously you're an SLC dunk reader and listener, go write a fan post and just say how much you love Rudy or why, or what's your favorite Rudy story or share a Rudy memory that you have. Did you meet Rudy one time? I know I have a few memories with Rudy that are, that are great. And I tried to include those. So anyways, do that if you can, but, but think about that. Even if the jazz are pretty bad, what's fun about these types of seasons is there's actual hope. And you actually can go like, go to Tankathon, do the simulation. You'll do it every day. It gets addicting. (laughs) Like, go look at prospects, you know. We'll actually get to follow prospects. We did draft profiles as a team, and we had literally zero picks. We didn't even have a second round pick. The the Jazz had no picks, and they made no picks. I wrote an article. That was my favorite article of the season, actually, was the recap of draft night. The Jazz didn't do anything, literally. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, it's going to be, I actually think it's going to be a fun season. I am excited to get to know the draft way earlier now. Um, you know, we'll see what the Jazz do. I think at some point early in the year, we're going to be like, 
this is my prediction and I guess maybe you can give me your prediction for what next year is going to be. My prediction is they're going to start the season. I think Mike Conley and Boyan Bogdanovich are going to be traded here pretty soon. That's my guess. I don't know if that'll happen. Maybe they'll hold on to him. Maybe Danny's asking for a little too much because Danny sometimes does that and we'll see. But uh, uh, my guess is we're going to watch this team at the beginning of the year next year. And we're going to be like, oh my gosh, we're really bad. <laughs> And I, uh, I think we might just be like, let's just see who can trade for Donovan. Maybe we see Donovan gets a lot of these like foot soreness injuries and, oh, he's got back tightness and he's out for two weeks and things like that, you know, but I think pretty quickly we're going to realize, oh my gosh, the jazz aren't very good. Let's just go all in hashtag tank. No, uh, that's my prediction. Yeah, I think that that's totally realistic. I think that you're definitely right that they're going to want to trade Conley and Bogdanovich. It's hard to see a good trade partner for Conley, but I think they're going to want to trade him. He just doesn't fit the timeline anymore. I'm the biggest Mike Conley fan in Jazz Nation, and I will defend him all day long, but uh, he doesn't fit the team anymore. He was a win-now piece, and we're not winning now anymore. And... Bogdanovich, you can definitely see that that's the thing. Not a lot of teams need a point guard, but any team would be very happy to get a six, eight wing who can shoot 40% from three. So Bogdanovich fits anybody. And so I, I don't think it'll be too long until he's traded and we'll see with Conley when, when a suitor comes up, but I think we go, go into it with Mitchell. I think, I think he's available. That's just my own guess, but I don't think that the trade is imminent. We'll have to see. Um, I think they go into it with him, and I would not be surprised. Same thing that you said. If he if he starts having some injuries, that you know maybe he's he has a Damian Lillard year like last year, or Curry the year before that, where he's he's injured all year, and the Jazz magically get a top three pick like the Warriors did, or a top six pick like the blazers did that it it would make a lot of sense and then uh then we we're set with a little bit more in our a little bit more flexibility like the uh the quote i've been wanting to read was from uh danny ainge today or yesterday he said the season wasn't very much fun for us this year uh the draft wasn't very much fun free agency hasn't been very much fun no picks or flexibility or assets now the Jazz have picks and flexibility and assets, and they're going to get more of them. And so, yeah, the the team is not going to be half as good as they were last year. They're not going to be competing for a title, but there's a lot to look forward to. It's not for this year or next year. It's for it's for watching young prospects grow through the system and seeing if we can build a championship roster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I agree. And that, you know, at, at the very least, it will be a crazy trade deadline for Utah next year because I do think that they will just there will be teams that are struggling or, you know, they don't meet the expectations they had. And, you know, maybe New York is like, you know, surprise, surprise, Jalen Brunson wasn't enough to make us all that great, <laughs> you know, and then they just they feel the heat. And I think actually, too, like I think we'll see what happens. It kind of depends on KD. Because if KD stays and that, and he ends up saying, I'm going to stay, which I'm kind of assuming that's going to happen at some point, uh, 
then people will then managers will just change their well who's who else can i get and obviously donovan mitchell is probably that guy that they're going to be trying to go after so we'll see anyways uh i hope you guys enjoyed that i did thanks for coming on calvin yeah thank you um if you haven't already make sure you subscribe to the slc dunk podcast i think this goes out to all the different feeds so whatever feed you're on uh just give us a subscribe and give us a review it would be really nice a nice one say nice things um i will talk we're gonna try to do this as regularly as we can i don't know the goal is every week i don't know if it'll be every week we will try um uh but if not we'll do as much as we can so anyways we will talk to you guys next time